But you know, one of the things that I think we really need in our culture today, uh, I think we need heroes. And so I want to start today by talking about what makes a hero. And uh, I think Father's Day is appropriate for that um, because I've got some men in my life that are fathers that are heroes in my life. And uh, I believe everybody needs heroes. Uh, heroes give you direction. It gives you goals. It gives you something you're looking for. And I believe everybody needs heroes. And I believe everybody needs to be somebody else's hero. And so that's what I want to talk with you about today is about being heroes. And you might say, well, you know, I, you know, I, I, you know me, somebody's hero. Well, you know... <clears throat> When we begin to talk about heroes, we, it's, it's been skewed. We have a misunderstanding of what heroes really are because of Hollywood superheroes and so forth. But you know, heroes are individuals that we see every day around us that have influence in our lives and lives of others. You know, <clears throat> one, of, one of my heroes and uh, um, was... Bill Eklund, you know, I, 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 one, one of the first individuals we met when we came to Jefferson was Bill. He's gone home to be with the Lord now. It's Donna's dad. And, uh, but, you know, he, he was just a man of integrity. He was a man, uh, you know, who served, who gave his life for his community, who uh, fought in World War II and and there, there were just so many characteristics about him that I admired. And so <clears throat> he is that, one of my heroes. In fact, our flag out there, it was dedicated to him in honor of him. But, <clears throat> you know, I believe that everybody needs to be a hero. And uh, it, it's not a... Uh, the, this gigantic thing that we're talking about. It's things that take place every day. We need, to be, we need heroes in our homes, in our families. We need heroes in our schools, in our workplaces. We need heroes in our community. We need individuals that are willing to stand out and make a difference. And so, uh, hopefully, today and over the next few weeks, we're going to be answering some of these questions what makes a hero? Why do we need heroes in our lives? How do we become a hero? And how God wants us, you, as a hero every day. And so, again, I, I believe it's a term that's misused and uh, kind of like genius. You hear the word genius thrown around. Well, you hear the word hero thrown around, and I think it's misused and abused. And I think we need to have a proper perspective of it. You know, there was a gallant poll that went out some years back. And, and uh, 50, it, it, it was a poll amongst young people between the age of 13 and 17. And of those young people, 51% of them said that they did not have a hero in their life. And basically, this is what they said. Uh, they said, I don't know any adult that I would, I would want to matter, I would want, let me try this again. 
I don't know any adult that I, I'd like to model my life after. Now, I don't know what you think. I think that's really sad. You know, Dr. Coli said there's more in life that's caught than taught. And, you know, I think as, as parents, as community people, as members of the church, one of our primary responsibilities are to teach people. But you know what? Most of our teaching isn't going to be through words. It's going to be through actions. It's going to be by setting examples for others to be able to look to. <clears throat> you know, I, I know that church attendance in our culture is ceasing to be as, as significant as it was at least when I grew up. You know, there's a lot of people that don't see it as important, as something that's significant. And oftentimes their argument is, as well, <clears throat> you know, I can, I can get the same thing at home uh, watching on TV or, or, or whatever device you want to use. And you know what? You can. You know, you could be home right now, probably listen to Creflo Dollar, John Hagee. You could be home right now listening to somebody that's really good. But you're here. But you see, the reason you're here, it isn't just simply about you. See, this is, this is something that we've lost touch with. This is something we don't understand. Church, you being in church isn't just about you. It's about the impact, the influence that you can have in somebody else's life. Well, I don't influence anybody. Let me tell you something. The moment that you walk through the doors of this church, you're influencing somebody. It may be your children. It may be your neighbor. It may be somebody that's driving, driving by that recognizes you coming in church and thinking, what are they doing there? But you know what? We have influence in people's lives. And how can you be an, a hero if you don't have an influence in somebody's in somebody's life. You know, one of the heroes that I have in my life is a, is a man that I plumbed with some 45 years ago. He's from New Ulm, Minnesota. And he went against the grain, because I don't know if you know much about New Ulm, Minnesota, but at one point in time, Minnesota, New Ulm, Minnesota had four different breweries. And it ain't that big of a town. And so let me tell you, there was a, it, was, it, was a, it was an interesting place. And this guy was a, a, a Christian, a plumber, which is out of character right there. But then in this, in this religious community where everybody were, were drinking and everything, whatever felt good, do it, he came against the grain. Now, he didn't lead me to Jesus, but he had an influence in my life because I could see a man that wasn't moved by what was moving everybody else. He was bold enough, he was strong enough to go against the grain. He didn't just simply go with the flow. And so those are some of the things that we want to look at this morning. In Psalms 101.5, and I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, it says, The godly people in the land are my true heroes. I take pleasure in them. This is what David said. He said, the godly people in the land are my true heroes. I take pleasure in them. We need to look around and we need to see the godly people in our land. 
And we ought to take pleasure in them. Tell me who your heroes are. And you tell me what you're becoming. Because let me tell you something. Everybody, whether they will, are willing to acknowledge it or not, they have heroes in their life. They have individuals. They may not call them heroes. But they have individuals in their life that they're patterning their life after. And so if you show me the individuals that you're patterning your life after, I'll show you where your life is hidden. Because if we don't have that, we have nothing that clarifies our values in life. And our values need to be clarified. Most people call heroes, what they call heroes, are really celebrities. And there's all the difference in the world. I'm going to give you a couple of comparisons between celebrities and heroes. Celebrities make a big splash. Heroes make a big difference. Celebrities are all about image and fame. Heroes are about character and service. Celebrities are famous for what they sacrifice for themselves. Heroes sacrifice for others. Celebrities want everyone to serve them. Heroes focus on serving others. You know, today, it's easy to become a hero. You know, with the internet, you can get known all over the place. You can get on Facebook and have your thousands of friends and say whatever, and nobody's there to check out whether it's true or not. You can be almost whatever you want to be on the internet because there's no checks and balances with it. You can become a what we call a hero, a celebrity, you know, on TV because we've got all these reality shows and all this other stuff that get people in the limelight, but, but where's the character? Where's the truth? Where, what are they really? And so what I want to look at, I want to look at three qualities that are found in all heroes. Three qualities that are found in all heroes. The first quality is Real heroes stand alone for what's right. A real hero will stand alone for what's right. They'll go against the crowd. They buck the majority. They're willing to swim upstream against the current when it's not easy to do. It's what a hero will do. You'll never find a hero doing just simply what everybody else is doing because they're just not going to simply go with the grain. In 2 Samuel, the 23rd chapter, and the scripture will be up on the board because I'm using some different translations today. This is the Living Bible, and really you need to read from verse 8 to 12, but I'm just going to look at verse 12, and it says, and this is talking about David when he is king and uh, his mighty men, most of our translations call it. But here in the, the Living Bible, it says, these are the three most heroic men in David's army. Josheb, Eleazar, the son of Dudah, or Dudu, and Shammah, once during an attack 
When all Shammah's men deserted him, he stood alone in the center of the field and beat back the Philistines. And God gave him a great victory. And so we see Shammah uh, standing alone. You know, I think about Eleazar. And if there was anybody that had an excuse for not being a hero, it was probably him. You know, some of you, you're... Your dad may have been a doo-doo. But you know what? It wasn't an excuse. It's never an excuse. You know, what our parents did or did not do is never an excuse for us in our lives to do what's wrong. Because we have to make that choice. We get to make that choice. And so we need to make the right choice. We need to serve him. In Exodus 32, verse 2, It says, do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. You know, we look at society, we look at what's going on around us, and you know what? It's easy to go with the crowd. It's easy to do what's wrong. It's easy to do what, according to the Scripture, is no longer acceptable. But you know, the interesting thing that we find is that there is this this system that we see today in operation where we, we make choices according to the values of our culture rather than the truth of God's Word. You know, a lot of the things that we see in culture today are not based on truth. The Bible says, Thy Word is truth. God's Word is truth. And so, if you want to find out what true values are, you've got to find out what truth is. And any value that goes contrary to truth is a false value. And that's what we see today. We see all these false values that are taking place, taking place because people are willing to go with the crowd and, and it seems like if, if the majority rules, then the values that we see around us begin to deteriorate. And the reason they begin to deteriorate is because those values that the majority chooses, they don't go along with truth. They don't go along with the Word of God. And so, It's got to begin someplace. And that's why you and I need to be heroes. You and I need to rise up and say, I don't care what the rest of the world is doing. I don't care what others are doing. I'm going to rise up and I'm going to do the right thing. In the workplace, when everybody else is cheating and getting by with as little as possibly can, what are we going to do? In school where everybody's using drugs, or it seems like everybody's using drugs and they're drinking at the party and they're cheating, what are we going to do? Are we going to go against the grain? Or are we just going to yield and give in and go along with the flow because it's easy to go along with the flow? When everybody's gossiping and they're talking about somebody and putting them down, do we just enter in because it's the easiest thing to do and I don't want to come against anybody? Or are we willing to be a hero and rise up and to say something when nobody else will. We need to be a hero. We need to rise up. We need to begin to speak up and say something when no one else does. In Isaiah 5, verse 22, and this is out of the New Living Translation. All right, well, I'll read it anyway. I wasn't going to read this one, but I'm going to read it. Destruction is certain for those who are heroes when it comes to drinking who boast about all the liquor they can hold. 
You know, we're in a culture today that everybody's bragging about their wickedness. They're proud of their evil. They're proud of the things that they're doing that go contrary to the Word of God. It's nothing to be proud of. It's nothing to be bold about. It's not making for a hero. There may be those that are following, but where are they being led? You know, the Bible says, let the blind lead the blind, and they'll both end in the pit. And you know, when we don't go according to truth, we're walking as a blind man. There may be a path that's before us, but that path is going to lead to destruction. And so we need to get our eyes off of that. So what do we do when we're around and, and somebody's doing something wrong? When somebody says something about somebody and we don't say anything, we wimp out. We don't say anything. Well, you know, the Bible, or, or not the Bible, but individuals, you've heard the saying, you know, silence is golden. Sometimes silence is just yellow. It's chicken. It's afraid to say anything because it puts me on the spot because to come against it, I have to speak truth. You know, I'm not saying we're supposed to be this confrontive individual. But what I am saying is we need to be a people that are willing to stand for truth, to speak up for truth. You know, we're in a culture today that says that anything is acceptable. There's no difference between right and wrong. Everything is okay. You know, whatever makes you feel good. Well, I'm sorry. That goes contrary to the Word of God. I'm not sorry. I'm sorry that people think that way. But it goes contrary to the Word of God and it's not going to lead to life abundance. It's going to lead to death and destruction. And so we need to rise up and we need to be bold. You know, what do we hear? We hear there are many ways to heaven. There aren't many ways to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And there is no other way to the Father but through me. And so rather than to be quiet about that, that needs to be something that we're bold about, something that we're confident in, something that we'll speak up about. You know, heroes are individuals that are willing to speak truth. And we need to speak truth. In Romans 12, 2, and this is out of the New Jerusalem Bible. It says, do not model behavior on the contemporary world, but let the renewing of your mind transform you so that you may discern the will of God, what is good and acceptable and mature. I like that translation because I like the last word in it. You know, we, we say it and it says good, acceptable, and perfect in most of our translations. Here it says, good, acceptable, and mature. You know, God doesn't expect perfection from us. Can I hear a thank you, Jesus? He doesn't expect perfection from us. It's like I heard a preacher say one time, he doesn't expect perfection, but he does expect progress. And what progress is, is reaching for maturity. And that's what God wants in our life, in our walk with Him, that there be a maturity that goes along with it. In Psalms 40, verse 4, in the message it says, Blessed are you who give yourselves over to God. Turn your backs on the world's such things and ignore what the world worships. Ignores what the world worships. 
The world we live in worships fame, worships celebrities and calls them heroes, worships riches and stuff. Not that any of those things are denied us as Christians, but that ought not to be what we worship. That not ought to, should not be the, the number one priority goal in our lives. You know, the Bible is full of heroes. You know, and, and like I said with the first one, a hero stands alone for what's right. The Bible's full of heroes. I think of Abraham standing alone against the, mora, the immorality of Sodom. We have Jonah, or excuse me, Noah, who stood alone against the mockery that came against him for 120 years as he is building the ark because he is obedient to the call of God. We have Daniel that stood alone in integrity, and the result was a lion's den, but God met him there. Esther stood alone against the king for uh, the children of Israel when she could have not only lost her position, but she could have lost her life. Moses stood alone against the challenges of Pharaoh when he challenged Pharaoh to, so that the children of Israel could be released. But then when we look at all that, then what about us? Are we willing to stand for what's right? Are we willing to face criticism and ridicule uh, when others don't agree with us? Because there's a whole lot of folk out there that don't agree with us. I don't know if you realize that yet. If you haven't realized it, obviously you've been very silent. But they disagree with us on every turn. God's looking for heroes that he can use. See, it's not just simply about being a hero. It's about being used. The second quality that I want us to look at this morning is real heroes make sacrifices for others. Notice the word for others. Many people make sacrifices for themselves. High achievers can do, uh, do it for self-centered motives. Entrepreneurs sacrifice so that they can be wealthy. Actors sacrifice so that they can have fame. Athletes sacrifice because they want to be the best. But you know, technically, a star athlete is not a hero. A star athlete does what he does to be the best at what he does and to be noticed. A star athlete is a hero what he does off the field not what he does on the field. That's what makes for a hero. An entertainer isn't a hero because of what they do on the screen. They're a hero because of what they do the rest of the week. You see, a real hero doesn't put a front on. A real hero is how he lives every moment of every day of his life. He makes sacrifice makes a sacrifice for others, not simply for himself. As children, you probably had heroes. I'm going to read you. This is one guy wrote this. I don't know who it was. I just read it someplace. And he said, when I was a kid, my heroes were Babe Ruth, 
Thomas Jefferson, Andy Griffith, The Lone Ranger, and Super Friends. But when I grew up, and someone pointed out to me that Babe Ruth was an alcoholic, Jefferson was an adulterer, Andy Griffith smoked, The Lone Ranger had, had his mask taken away from him, and Super Friends weren't even real. All my heroes were stripped of their dignity. But you know, we're in a culture today that it doesn't seem to matter. It doesn't seem to matter the character of the individual because if what he does is great enough, we can overlook all that and that individual can be my hero. He's not your hero, he's your celebrity. He's a celebrity. The problem with a celebrity is the very motive is to have influence in your life. Don't allow it. In Matthew 20, 26, in the message, it says, whoever wants to be great must become a servant. Whoever wants to be great must become a servant. <clears throat> you know, in the early charismatic renewal, we, we had these songs that we'd, 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 we'd get them from Scripture. And, and that was... That was one of the things. If you want to be great. And no, that's, that's the wrong melody. How did it go? We'll, we'll just skip that. <clears throat> but if, if you want to be great, you got to be a servant of all. We need to be servants. God's values are the opposite of the world. Think of yourself. You deserve it. Get others to serve you. That's the concept of this world that we live in. But then let's ask ourselves this question. If anyone died for you, would you want to tell others? You want to talk about a real hero, one who sacrificed all. Somebody did. In Hebrews 7, 27, in, the, in God's word, it says, Jesus brought the sacrifice for the sins of all the people once for all when he sacrificed himself. That's what Jesus, that's the ultimate hero, the ultimate sacrifice to give for others. But you know what? It doesn't have to be the spectacular. You know, in fact, if we're dependent upon the spectacular, we're probably not ever going to qualify in being a hero, the majority of us. But it isn't about the spectacular, it's about how we live our everyday life. You know, I, I think about my dad today. You know, my, my mom here in August is going to celebrate her 100th birthday. And, uh, but you know, when, when, when I was growing up, my dad was, he was dumb as dirt. You, you understand what I'm saying? He, he, he knew nothing. You know, but, it, but an interesting thing, the older I got, the smarter my dad got. You know, I, and I look at him, and I, and I look at the life that he lived. He, he didn't do anything spectacular. But you know what? He, he went to work every day. He provided for his four kids. And, you know, my, my dad wasn't the most demonstrative individual in the world, uh, but I never doubted that he loved me. And so he gave me probably the greatest gift a dad could give his children, and that's knowing that they're loved. 
Because it's an interesting thing, when you know that your earthly father loves you, it's a whole lot easier to be convinced that your heavenly father loves you. And so my, 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 my dad is, is, is one of my heroes. But you know what? He didn't do anything spectacular. Nothing spectacular. And in, in fact, if most people looked at his life, they would think the very opposite of it. But it was how the, it was those things that he instilled in my life. And so it's not the spectacular that makes a hero. In fact, in Matthew 10, 42, it says, Even if you give a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. There will be a reward for giving a cup of cold water to somebody. You know, there was a Sunday school teacher. Sunday school teacher was complaining because felt like, made, made this comment to his spouse, I just feel like I'm being used. The spouse's response is, well, why are you upset? You always ask God to be, that he'd use you. And so we look in this world that we, we live in and, and sometimes we, we make sacrifice and in the making of the sacrifice, we feel like we're being used. But you know what? In reality, it's probably an answer to prayer. Because we're having that opportunity to sacrifice. Let me tell you something. If we're not making any sacrifice in life, maybe we need to take an evaluation. Because are we really doing what God's called us to do or are we just doing what feels good? Proverbs 31, 8 and 9, it says, Speak up for people who cannot speak for themselves. Protect the rights of all who are helpless. Speak for them and protect the rights of the poor and needy. You know, in order to do that, first thing we have to do is we have to be aware of them. You know, I think so often we're so caught up within ourselves, we're not even aware of what's going on around us. We're, we're so caught up in what we consider to be our own problems and difficulties, we, we, don't, we don't even recognize what's going in, on in the lives of others. But it says, protect the rights of the helpless. Well, who would be the helpless? Well, the helpless would be those that can't speak for themselves. I think of children, especially the unborn, those uh, that are sick that can't speak for themselves, the elderly that can't speak for themselves. We needed your help yesterday. You know, we, we, we came to the conclusion. We, you know, we had this work day. There were seven of us. <clears throat> and we had this, this thought. I wonder what the average age is. And Brad ruined the whole thing because he's younger than the rest of us. <clears throat> but our average age of the seven that worked yesterday was 65 years old. Now, I wish there were more young people here to feel guilty. <laughs> you know. but, but see, we, 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 we still, we did fine. You know, we, we're good. You know, there's no condo bondo unless it'll move you to come to the next work day. You know, <clears throat> but, but for the elderly, for the orphans, you know, Hope Ministries, we're a voice for them. Or we're providing them with a voice um, for the mentally disabled. 
They, they need a voice because they can't speak for themselves. But you know what? We have to be aware of these things. We can't, we can't just stick our heads in the sand and just let the world go by and think that I have absolutely no responsibility in, every, in any of these areas. Yes, we do. That's what, yes, we do. We have responsibility in those areas. And, it, you know, it doesn't disturb me. It blesses me. When I hear about individuals in our community that are, that are working with these different organizations within our community that are helping the disabled, that are helping children and so forth, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing because they have an opportunity to have a voice. Now, if they just sit there like a dunce and don't ever step up, well, it's a different thing. They're just filling a chair at that point. But we have an opportunity to have a voice. And so we need to use our voice. We need to use the truth that God has given us. And so then the third quality is heroes take risks for God. Heroes are willing to take a risk for God. They defy the odds. Not afraid to get out on the limb. Risk failure, rejection, criticism. Of course, many people make foolish risks for selfish reasons all the time. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about taking a risk, stepping out on the limb for God to be obedient to Him. Risk for God. Two reasons people don't do this. One, we want to be comfortable. I'm melancholy. You understand what I'm saying? I'm melancholy. I like everything to stay the same. You know, I mean, Pastor Becky and my life, we would bore the majority of you to death because our life has such pattern to it. You know, uh, Friday, I got home 15 minutes late Pastor Becky's on the telephone with somebody, and she says, well, he's finally here. <laughs> you know, I thought something was wrong. The routine is screwed up. I know I'm adding a little to it. I'm doing a little preaching here, Beck. <laughs> this isn't a time for truth. This is a time for preaching. <laughs> you know, but, but, but that's, our, that's our life. We're, we're boring and happy with it. But you know what? In our life, though, we've had to get out of the comfort zone. You know, to have a good-paying job in, in plumbing and move to misery and, and, and go to Bible school. and Oh, that's right, we've got Missouri people here this morning. I've got to watch my, my references here this morning because we've got Missouri folk here. Maddie had a friend here with... Uh, uh, last week and from Kansas City and, and Becky informed me that I was not to use one of my favorite Missouri jokes <laughs> while he was here because didn't want him offended that quickly. So, <clears throat> well, let's go back to two reasons people don't do this. Number one, they want to be comfortable. You know, there's a time where we've got to step out of our comfort zone. Um, afraid of being hurt, 
Let me tell you something. Life consists of being hurt. You know, um, to love somebody means that you open the door for hurt. It, it, it's, just, it's just part of what it is. I remember a pastor friend of mine, um, one of his statements was, uh, you know, over the last 25 years that I've been in, in the ministry, I've started several churches, the majority of them unintentionally. <laughs> He's talking about people leaving in splits. Every pastor that I see in the house smiles because they know exactly what I'm talking about. Everybody else is going, huh? But, uh, <clears throat> but he had a bunch of people that left the church, and they were, he was close to them. They were, they were dear to him. And they just got upset over something and they just left. And, and so I met with him because he was going through a really difficult time. And he said to me, he says, you know, he said, Dave, I don't know if I can ever open myself up again. He said, the hurt that I feel is so deep. It's, I, I've been hurt so bad. I don't know that I can ever open myself up to love again. And I says, but you have to. I mean, that, that's part of any relationship. Any relationship that you ever enter into, there is the opportunity for hurt to be there. But see, the, the option is to not be vulnerable. And the option of not being vulnerable means that you've closed the door with the opportunity to ever be loved again. Hurt is part of life. You know, and it's not just, it's not just learning to cope with it. It's learning to lean upon God and rely upon Him, knowing that He's going to make the difference. To be safe in life is to waste it. This is out of the message. Luke, the 19th chapter of the 26th verse, it says, Risk your life and get more than you ever dreamed of. Play it safe and you'll end up holding the bag. Risk your life and get more than you'd ever dream of. You know, I remember when I was getting called to the ministry and Pastor Becky says, you know what? The last thing in the world that I ever wanted to be is the pastor's wife. But yet, we went to Missouri and uh, went to Bible school and uh, we took a risk. We left everything that we were comfortable, everything that we was familiar with. We drained our savings, cashed in our, our insurance policies, any money that we had, so that we could, we could go to Bible school. We risked it. Moved to Wisconsin, started a church there with, with, with eight families, not having the assurance of anything. Took the risk. Came back to Jefferson when the church was in a difficult state. We took the risk. You know, and so he's blessed us above and beyond what we could ever ask or imagine. But it was take a risk. You say, well, that didn't, doesn't sound like that much of a risk to me. Well, it sure was to me. Remember going to Missouri and... and uh, didn't, didn't get my renewal papers for my plumber's license. And I, I remember telling Becky, I says, you know, <clears throat> I'm going to have to 
write them up there. I've not got my renewal papers. And, uh, you know, if I, I don't want to have to go through the whole process again if my license runs out. And, and so I was, I was praying about it, and the, the Holy Ghost spoke to my heart, and he says, well, you're not going to renew your license. Well, see, in my thinking, this, this, is, my th- this is melancholy thinking, so this is what I go through, so you can sympathize with me. But in my thinking, I was thinking, well, you know, if this, if this preacher thing doesn't work out, I'll always be able to go back to plumbing. And God said, burn the bridges, because there's not going to be any going back. See, that's the risk that we have to be willing to pay in our life. Risk your life and get more than you ever dreamed of. Play it safe, and you'll end up holding the bag. You know, one of my personal heroes, I've mentioned a couple of them, but one of my personal heroes was the Apostle Paul, or is the Apostle Paul. The man who almost single-handedly spread the, the Christian faith, the message of Jesus, throughout the Roman Empire, was constantly taking risks to spread the good news, and nothing could stop him. I want you to hear this. I want to read it out of the Living Bible because it's just easier to read and it makes more sense. But out of 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, the 23rd verse, this is Paul speaking. And he says, I've worked harder, even been put in jail more often, been whipped time without number, and faced death again and again and again. Five different times I was given 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned with rocks. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I drifted in the open sea all night and the whole next day. I've traveled many weary miles and often been in great danger from flooded rivers, from robbers, and from my own people, as well as from others. I faced grave danger from the mob in the city and and from death in the desert and in stormy seas and from men who claim to be brothers in Christ who are not. I've lived with weariness and pain and sleepless nights. Often I have been hungry and thirsty and have, have gone without food. And often I have shivered with cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. That's the Apostle Paul. He made the sacrifice. He was willing to stand alone. He was willing to take a risk. Are we willing to do those things? What was was his motive? Why was he willing to take the risk? Well, backing up one book to 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter and the 30th verse. In the message it says, Why do you think I keep risking my neck in this dangerous work? I look death in the face practically every day I live. Do you think I'd do this if I wasn't convinced of of your resurrection and mine as guaranteed by the resurrected Christ or resurrected Jesus? Do you think I was just trying to act heroic? 
not on your life. It's the resurrection that undergirds what I do and say on the way I live. His focus was on eternity. Where's our focus? Is our focus just simply upon this life and what we can see around us? Or is our focus on eternity? Really, this life is nothing more than preparation for eternity. It just fills the gap until we get there. Reading on in 2 Corinthians 15, verse 32, in the Living Bible it says, If we never live again after we die, then we might as well go and have ourselves a good time. Let us eat, drink, and be merry. What's the difference? For tomorrow we die, and that ends everything. Don't be fooled by those who say such things. Don't be fooled by those that say such things. Don't be fooled by those <coughs> who say it doesn't matter what you do or it doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter what you do with your life. It matters. Don't be fooled by those around us that would try to deceive us. Don't be satisfied by splashing in the baby pool. Let's go out to the deep. Let's see that there's something more for us to do. Not this year, but in 2020, we'll be doing another mission trip. Do a mission trip. Take a risk. Step out there. Make a difference. Do something different. You know, what's interesting is we're not doing something different if we're always doing the same thing. You know, like I said, I'm a, I'm a person of pattern. I have a habit. I, I like to do the same thing. But you know what? Periodically, we have to step out of that mode and be willing to do something different. All of life isn't just simply being comfortable. In the Gospel of Mark, the 30, or 35th verse, the New Living, it says, if you try to keep your life for yourself, you lose it. But if you give it up, if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will find true life. That's so good, I think I'm just going to read it again. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you'll find true life. That's what we want. We want true life. Maybe you don't feel like you have done much with your life. Remember one Sunday we had an individual that spoke up and he said, I was a zero, but God took me from being a zero to a hero. Maybe you feel like a zero, but you know what? God can take you to be a hero. The reward in heaven, of heaven, is so much. And here's what we do. Do you stand on the truth? Do you sacrifice for others? Do you take risks for God?
Because you know what? Every time we, we speak up for the kingdom, for the good news, for him, we take a risk. We take a risk of being rejected. But are we bold enough to do that? You know, we see in the parable in Matthew 25 where the one that did nothing with his talent just stuck it in the ground, did absolutely nothing with it. That talent was given to the one who had the most. Why? Because he did something with it. Every one of us in this room, every one of us have gifts, have talents. We have a purpose that God has planned for us that nobody else can fully fulfill. Every one of us. And God says that the more that we use the talent house, no matter how small we may think it is, if we will use that gift, if we will use that talent for his purpose, for his glory, he says it's going to produce more. Not only will it produce more, he's going to give us a greater voice that we can have greater influence in the lives of those around us, whether it be family and friends, whether it be our community, whether it be on the job, whether it be at school, wherever it might be. He wants us to have a, a voice. In Matthew 19, 29, in the message it says, Anyone who sacrifices home, family, fields, whatever, because of me, will get it all back a hundred times over. Not to mention the considerable bonus of eternal life. Bonus of eternal life. That's what it's all about. And so <clears throat> my prayer is, as we've gone through this teaching today, that you look around you and you begin to <coughs> recognize the heroes that you have in your life. And if those heroes, those individuals that you're looking to aren't producing the characteristics, the character that you want in your life, that you find heroes that will, that do. And then that you'll be a hero to somebody else, that you live your life in such a way that you demonstrate to others the goodness of God so that they can see. Let me put it this way, that they can see that it pays to serve God. And that they'll begin to pattern their life the same. Heroes. What's a hero? A hero is somebody that stands in the truth. A hero is somebody that will sacrifice for the sake of others. And a hero is somebody that's willing to take a risk. But not just simply take a risk for any old reason. Take a risk for God. To further his kingdom, to further his purpose. Because ultimately what it's all about, it's about eternity. And that's why we can look at some of the athletes and some of the celebrities that we look to that have even gained the title of hero. Where does their heroics lead you? Do they lead you just more of what this world has to offer? 
or do their heroics lead you to a greater understanding and desire for that which is eternal? Heaven, because ultimately, every one of us are going to be there someday. The determining factor is where are we going to be? As Brother Hagen always said, there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Let's be individuals that lead to that which is to gain. And that's to Jesus, the truth of the Word of God. Happy Father's Day. Be a hero. I'm not just talking to your dads today, I'm talking to your moms, I'm talking to everyone in the room. Be a hero to somebody because there's somebody that's looking to you. You may not know it, but you're having influence in people's lives whether you realize it or not. Amen. So Father, we thank you today for Jesus, the author and the perfecter of a faith. Jesus, you're our ultimate hero. You, you are truth. You made the ultimate sacrifice that we might have life. And you took the ultimate risk. You risked, you gave up your life with no guarantee that any of us would ever receive you. But Jesus, what you did, you did not do it in vain. Because we're here today as living testimonies of your goodness and of your love. And Jesus, though you might be see, may be seated at the right hand of Father God on high, we want you to live through us. That we would represent you the truth, rightly. That we would make sacrifice, but they would be sacrifices that would lead to eternity. That we would take risks, but we would take risks that would leave with eternal values. So Father, we want you, by the precious Holy Spirit, to guide and direct our lives. And we want our lives to represent you rightly. And so we ask it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. So as you go, go in his peace, his strength, his love. Go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the magnificent name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Everybody give a dad a hug and have a blessed day. In Jesus' name.